0: The Super 90s Brothers is brought to you by Speak Can and presented to you by Delicious Hamburgers. This episode of the Super 90s Brothers was brought to you by Giant Donut Marketing. Did you know you can hire a website developer, marketing director, and SEO specialist for 250 bucks a month? It's true. With Giant Donuts marketing, site maintenance, and paid advertising plans, you get access to the experts you need for one monthly price. See what they can do for you by reaching out to them on their website at giantdonutmarketing.com or any of their social channels. Mention you heard about them here on Super 90s Brothers for special promotions. Go check them out today. Super 90s
1: Bros is brought to you in partnership with Delicious Hamburgers. Why delicious? Delicious. Since 1998, Delicious has been providing Spokane's best burgers. Why? Because at Delicious, the burgers are never frozen. Why? Because it tastes better. Delicious prides itself on fresh beef, fresh veggies, and made-to-order fries. And with a variety of sauces all made in-house each day, you can trust that everything is meticulously handmade the same way it has been since 1998. So what are you waiting for? Delicious is located at 1625 North Division Street. De-lovable, de-lightable, Delectable, delicious.
0: Hello and welcome to the Super Nineties Brothers. I am your host Brennan. Along with me is Adam J. pitzler How's it going, buddy? Let me show you something. <laughs> Wait, is there more? Is that it? That's it. That's wow. It.
1: That's Man, fire were, Marshall
0: Bill. You were really prepping, prepping yourself for that. Well, he uh, does
1: this thing where he like curls his lips under his mouth somehow on the top and bottom to get the, not only does it look cool, but it gets like a, a certain kind of inflection.
0: Mm. He, yeah, he's a, uh, that Jim Carrey, he, he's a, uh, he has a, a pliable face. I don't know if that's a, a correct term, but, uh, malleable, maybe malleable. I don't know. He's a, uh, he does a lot of, he does amazing imp- impressions. Um, and we'll get into that. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, my God. So the week after Christmas, I got
1: an Oculus Quest 2. Oh, my God. I cannot put it down. I've been playing, like, all day, nonstop. The, the only bugger is that is it, it only lasts about three hours, then it dies. So, like, whenever my Quest dies, I seriously, like, plug it into the charger, and then I think, well, I guess I'll go play console games like a fucking peasant now, because every <laughs> Everything seems so lame compared to like VR now. It seems so lame. Like I am just, I'm hooked on the Oculus Quest 2.
0: That's, I'm, I bought an Oculus uh, Go, I think two years ago and I, I really enjoyed it. But like, it was like, it's like a, it's more of like used for video and so like, it doesn't have any games on it. It's not the video game version. And literally like a year later the Oculus Quest came out and I I just need to go buy one eventually but I just I can't go I can't go spend you know 300 dollars on it right now.
1: Oh, they went up to 400 I think. And and that's just the start of it. The apps yeah. the apps get you. You, you feel yeah. like you're at Whole Foods
0: like you just want to buy everything and it's all expensive and
1: you like you get out of the app store and you've spent like 200 bucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, it made me think that uh, about doing a show about the virtual boy because uh, but i'm sure neither one of it, i never owned one i'm sure you didn't own one uh wow. but uh but my uh, my memories of it were always just going to blockbuster and playing it um <laughs> but yeah I, i'm i, I really want to try it i really want to play uh um that one uh alex uh, uh not you know the forget it i've no forget idea you're talking about half life half
1: life alex it's oh half life yeah. yeah. So half life you have to like you have to stream it through your PC. It's like an extra step to play Half Life, and I'm not uh, savvy enough to do that. I've been playing the shit out of um, Pistol Whip. It's like this really cool shooting version of Beat Saber. I've also been playing Beat Saber, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners is awesome. I've been playing this really awesome game called Journey of the Gods. It's seriously like VR Zelda. It's so cool.
0: That's I'm. Yeah, I'll eventually get one. Maybe I'll I'll wait a, like a year and wait until it like gets a little bit better that 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 technology is always changing and always getting better yeah, but it's, uh, it's to the point now where it can be mainstream it's so fluid and good yeah well anyway,
1: we're, we're talking a lot about vr but what do we really hear about today brennan
0: well we're here to talk about a 90s great <laughs> i don't even know i'm sorry i'm like i'm and I, w- I was gonna call it a sitcom but it's not a sitcom sketch it comedy a sketch comedy show in living color and in- wow oh. In celebration of uh black history month we really wanted to feature some black artists and this like and this is you know this is a really big piece of of their history uh it's it was a you know i I don't know if it's the first you know black sketch comedy tv show but it's i mean it was highly focused towards um that demographic and it really broke a lot of boundaries in the in the early 90s and and we've talked about fox a lot, but like in living color was on Fox and Fox was really, really, really bringing some, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say offbeat comedy, but like really, you know, in your face comedy and in living color is definitely that. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about it because I, I, I remember watching this as a child. Like I would, I had a TV, like we've talked about a lot. I had a TV in my bedroom and, if I was up late enough, I would probably, I would watch In Living Color, uh, so.
1: I I agree, and I, I don't remember watching a lot of Saturday Night Live as a child, or Mad TV or anything, but, like, me and my friends, we watched In Living Color. I don't know why, probably because of the time of day it was on. You know, Saturday Night Live was always on so late. I don't, mm-hmm. like, as a kid, I don't, it was certainly never, like, a priority to me, but In Living Color was on at some reasonable time, maybe just, like, nine or ten, something like that. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe even earlier, maybe it was eight. I don't know. It was, but it was on at a time where everyone could see it. And it
0: was, it was uber popular. It, it was, I mean, I, I saw a, it won a primetime Emmy for best variety show. And I have to imagine that, that, you know, they took that away from, uh, from SNL after years, probably years of winning it. And so, yeah, they really came in, um, came in and like a wrecking of- ball. Like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Thank you, Miley. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, where should we start with all this? I mean, I guess where we always start is our impressions is how old were you when you first saw it? Well, first Uh, of all, I want to get out that it debuted April
1: 15th, 1990. So this is the very beginning of the nineties. So this is, and it ran for five seasons. So this is, this show is as nineties as you get. And it was, it was a time of Celebration for uh, a lot of diversity that had been largely shunned in the past the 90s was a lot of white people started celebrating minority culture in a lot of ways they started you know implementing a lot of things into their own life and you know there are plenty of white posers out there but there are plenty of people just like legitimately enjoyed it and thought it was entertaining and funny and all that and in living color was sort of the flagship of that for a lot of people in our age group it was something that you 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 all watched and you could identify with and you're seeing a lot of flavor of humor coming from a different demographic that you had been largely uh, in the shadows before and mm. it was fresh and different and funny and and i large i don't know anybody didn't like it i mean there are probably some people but i mean for the by and large especially like the better skits everybody thought they were
0: great yeah i mean <laughs> i i watched a pilot last night and it definitely i was like this is airing in the early 90s like this is this is some really like out there like I keep on saying out there but like really yeah it was it was intense <laughs> and as a and as a, i was probably six years old watching this and i probably should not have been watching it <laughs> um but it definitely exposed me to you know a different form of comedy that probably shaped the type of comedy I liked going forward in my life. Uh but uh let's uh let's play the drop. Uh let's I want to remind everyone of uh of this amazing uh amazing intro that they had from the show.
1: So in the first season, the intro credits were really cool. The song's playing, and it's catchy, and it's fun. And that's, sh- like, Sean Wayans, like, cutting the, cutting the record in the back. But uh, the intro was, it was this really sort of unique, like, color painting palette. Like, everyone's, like, coming in frame by frame and doing this thing with, like, paint with all these crazy colors like pink and orange and purple. And it was very bright and very different. It was a very different way to introduce your cast. Like they were all, they were all coming into frame and doing crazy things as artists in this little artwork. And then it would say like their name and then it would move on to the next. It was very brief. Everyone got like, you know, 10 seconds,
0: but it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And it, yeah. Introduced the cast and the cast was, uh, the cast is, you know, surprisingly very small. Uh, but, uh, Yeah, it it was great. And it's, uh, sang by heavy D and the boys, um, and RIP heavy D and, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that they were, they must've been their in-house band as well. I don't actually know that to be true, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really, yeah, it was a lot different than I don't, yeah, I did. I definitely didn't watch Saturday night live, but a lot contrasts very differently to Saturday night live and, uh, they didn't do a cold open either. So, um, they, they opened it with uh, which which Wayne's brother? It was it a uh, Keen and Ivory Waynes typically, yeah. especially in season one. Yeah, and so he would open it, and he kind of opened it always really kind of cringy. Like it was always kind of weird how he opened it. Like he was like, it wasn't funny. It was never like a skit. And maybe there maybe there was times there there were skits, but uh, but it was very uh. It was kind of interesting. I I watched the first episode of season one, and then I watched the first episode of season five just to kind of remind myself of, of it. And uh, yeah, um, where did you watch it so our listeners can watch? Uh, I watched it. It's all on YouTube. All on YouTube. Uh, okay. Like all the episodes are all on YouTube. I mean, they're they're ripped, so they're not that great. I imagine there's a streaming service that has it. Um, I didn't. I was not looking there. I was just kind of looking to find, watch certain episodes and skits. Uh, but yeah, you can find a lot of this. All, you know, the, the sketch comedies are great for YouTube because they're they're short and you can find them pretty easily. And you can kind of go into like a a rabbit hole of all the different all the different sketches that they had. And
1: um, and, and the the cream rises the top in YouTube for skits and le- for sketch comedy
0: shows. That's that's important because <laughs> yeah, it, it can be hit or miss. Yeah, though the, the the sketches in the show are definitely hit and miss. And like the ones you're gonna find on YouTube are. The top ones like uh and, and some of the ones you probably don't like too but like it a lot of fire my Mar- uh fire Ma- marshal um i oh mean i can't think of his name Bill, fire marshal bill thank you and uh homie don't homie the clown and uh but but yeah let's get into the let's get into the the 90s ca- the the, the well, initial well, cast well first I, want, I was gonna ask do you remember like the first time you saw it because i've i actually do oh wow um i i i do not remember the first time i saw it i just remember Watching it, I probably watched it with my dad, Um, but in, you know, my dad loves comedy and probably laughed way too hard at pieces of it. And, but yeah, I I definitely that there's
1: this, there's this famous night when Brennan and I were in high school where he, I was like the lead in the school play and it was a comedy and there was some laughter. There was this big bellowing laughter throughout the whole performance and all the cast backstage was like, wow, we're really killing it tonight. And we found out later it was Brennan's dad. Like. (laughs) almost papering the house like almost like almost doing what they do at the Emmys like laughing to make sure other people laugh like it, it was very <laughs> kind gesture but it sort of like took away from the idea that I was just super funny you know uh
0: I think you asked me after and I if my dad could come to all the shows yeah of course uh, I did he was great um and I, I think he came to probably two or three um no, he's but, great. Uh, we love Bill yeah um, he, he, he but my dad does laugh at everything like and and sometimes like Even now when I hang out with him today, like he just, he'll laugh at a commercial. Like that wasn't even that funny. Like (laughs) it's, uh, my, my dad's great. He's a, he's a king of dad jokes. Uh, so my, it was 1991. Um, so this must've been
1: season two. I was over at my buddy Kip's house and we were playing Nintendo in his room or something. And I remember him looking at the clock and screaming, Oh no, in living colors on. And he turned off our game mid game and like ran downstairs to the big TV to go watch in living color. And I was like, what is in living color? So I like, I was first of all, really surprised because what, like when you're seven years old, like your whole weekend, like trip with your buddy is kind of planned around playing video games. So I was Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? So I go downstairs And we watch in living color for the first time. And I'm introduced to Jim Carrey for the first time and Damon Wayans for the first time and Tommy Davids and David. We'll get to those. But I remember thinking instantly that this was very different than what I was used to. I was like seven years old thinking this is so much more full of life, full. Mm. It's, it's, It's outrageous, but it's full of life. It's full of energy and it's full of a perspective that a lot of comedy doesn't have. A lot of comedy didn't try and be so peak and valley as in living color did.
0: yeah i mean they they def there yeah we already said there's definitely a lot of hit and miss on and like watch it. if you want to go experience the you know the cringeworthy of the show go watch the first episode because there is a lot of just cringe-worthy moments and a couple sketches that just not hit and like i was just thinking like the, like one of the first in the first episode there they do this sketch as like a, a jamaican family and they are basically just doing stereotypes of Jamaicans living in America. And it's like, and I don't really know stare. I don't know the stereotypes of Jamaicans living in America. I imagine it's probably a very uh, New York thing. Uh, and, but it, it was cringeworthy. And I was like, they should not be doing this. <laughs> been um, a lot of mon. Yeah. There was a, they were saying mon, like every, every, every other word. It was a lot of, it was a lot of mon. Like, in I, the, I think uh, that
1: one of my least favorite impressions ever is people impersonating Jamaicans, because they don't do anything except say mon. Right. It's like it's like the worst, lamest impression. I if anybody does Jamaican impressions and that's like you think that's like your anchor that makes
0: it good, you need to reevaluate it. You know, Brad Pitt does a good uh, Jamaican accent in uh, Meet Joe Black. Um, I haven't seen that. It's like three hours long. It's a long, it's a terrible movie, too. Uh, and I don't know if I, I shouldn't say it's a terrible movie. It's just a weird movie. Well, every time uh, I like
1: think about watching, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that Brad Pitt 90s movie I've never seen. And then I click on it, it's like, you know, three hours and two minutes long. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, for a Brad Pitt like action drama? I don't
0: even know what this is. Um, See, so but where you want to go with this next? I'm going to go with the cast. You want to talk yeah, about Yeah, let's
1: go through the cast. Go ahead. Brad. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I, I want to, we should just start with Jim Carrey. Uh, he is. I mean i would say he's probably easily the f- most famous like this is probably his launch launching launching platform for his his career um was in living color i listened to a podcast with jim carrey on mark maron's podcast wtf and he talks a lot about you know how he came up through the 80s and then how in living color was really you know what you know made him famous because obviously in like in the early nineties and we'll get to it. We'll we promise we will do a Jim Carrey show eventually, um, movie, but, uh, Jim Carrey, this was, he is just, he's electric. He is, a um, he does the best. Like I didn't realize what a good, uh, character actor he is. And I don't know if they said that right, but, uh, but he's also does amazing impressions. Like I, I can't, in the first episode, or I don't know if it was the first or maybe it was the fifth season. I'm I, getting it blurred, but he does an amazing um, impression. Of, oh, I'm losing my train of thought, but uh, he did an amazing impression. I'll, I'll get back to it. But he, yeah, he's he was great. Uh, and I don't think we really need to touch much more on that, except that we'll get back to him in a little bit. But like, he did some like movies in the '80s, like Earth Girls Are Easy and Once Bitten. Mm-hmm.
1: Are the, are the two I've seen earth girls are using once bitten on TV. I don't really remember them. I don't remember watching yeah. them all the way through, but he did some others I've never really seen or heard of, but so he had like a modest film career going, but I, I totally agree. Nobody knew who this guy was until living color. And in, and when you watched in living color, he jumps off the page cause he's so vibrant and he was, he's such a good physical comedy actor and there was so much physical comedy in that show the way he moves his body and the way he moves his mouth he's like legendary for being on set and having to watch the dailies which is the every shot from the day and like Mm. having a a tv like on set that he can go watch after every take and look at how his facial expressions looked and decide which one's funniest and how to contort his body like the guy is just he takes comedy as a holistic approach like his whole
0: body is involved Mm. yeah he he was great, and then, but then, I guess second on this list for you know coming from in living color was was Damon Wayans, and Damon Wayans also in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Um, but why, why don't you talk about Damon? Damon was my favorite character. I know Jim
1: Carrey was probably the most popular, but Damon Wayans, I always thought was he had the best skits. I like we'll get we'll get to some of them in a bit. Um, but Damon Wayans to me was the strongest, the strongest part of that show. And I'm not, he wasn't the funniest, but he was the strongest and that he brought the best black humor. Like he, Mm. you can't say Jim Carrey did that. Like if if there was a reason that, that white people like me identified with any form of black humor, it started with Damon Wayans. His Mm. stuff was so hilarious. And he, I don't think he was involved all five seasons. I think he like dropped off after like season three or four. and I, I, I remember not liking the show nearly as much after that. It still had Jim Carrey, but Damon Wayans was like
0: the rock. Yeah, he, he left after 1993. So he was in the first, um, I think that would be four, first four seasons. And uh, yeah, and then, then I think he got replaced by, or then, not got replaced, but then I think Jamie Foxx came in to kind of play the takeover kind of his role. Um, a little bit, but yeah, uh, go ahead and start. Go do Jamie Fox then. Yeah, so Jamie Fox, he's uh, he came in for one season, the final season, season five. He's probably um, the
1: second most famous person to have been on this show after Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I, but I just, I don't, I didn't even when you gave me the show notes and said that Jamie Fox was on it. Like, I probably was not watching in Living Color anymore in season five, and I had no idea that Jamie Fox was in it. Like, I probably had seen it, you know, in his. Uh, IMDb page before, but like it's well, nothing. He,
1: not it's only nothing was he different. in it, he was probably the funniest person in season five. Like, he, he yeah, no. him and like Kim Wayans were probably like the funniest people left. Mm. Uh. And, but Jim Carrey's in season five, right? He was in the whole. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm ignoring I mean, him. I'm leaving him.
0: I'm He's got me. white privilege. Forget him. We're talking. About, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about uh, the minorities involved. For sure, yeah, and yeah, but he was in it for a season. I really don't remember too much. I don't know any of his sketches. I didn't actually watch a sketch of his. Um, I oh, did watch. You don't know Ugly Wanda? We'll get to Ugly Wanda. Okay, we'll get to Ugly Wanda. Um, so uh, another
1: another really great actor in this show was David Alan Greer, mm, um, mm-hmm. who's very likeable, very popular. Him and Damon Wayans had my favorite skit, recurring skit, and that's this thing they did called Men on Film where they played these two gay guys and they were like film reviewers and we'll go oh. we've got some we got some topics to discuss about that but that was my favorite like recurring segment. Was they were just these very flamboyant over the top stereotype you know really 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 effeminate men <laughs> and they reviewed movies. And they... Uh, their angle was always—they always wanted to talk about like
0: the sweaty men on camera. <laughs> it was—I uh, watched a couple of sketches of of that because that's one of the sketches I remember the most. And I watched uh, men on football, and they were like talking about football players, and it's this—it's gold. It is so. They're so funny. It's such I think a- that might have been part of their their live halftime special. Like in Living oh. Color, did like a live halftime one year, and it was like it was awesome. It was amazing. Oh, remember when I remember when shows used to do that? You would you'd have a, the Super Bowl would be a half. You'd watch the Super Bowl, and then every network channel would have like some halftime show that you could go watch. Like MTV did like celebrity Deathmatch. Uh, yeah. They all did that. Didn't they? They don't do that anymore. Gosh. Yeah. That, that was kind of oddly nineties. Wasn't it? They should. I mean, I
1: mean how often do the super bowl entertainment for the halftime show? Somebody you completely don't care about. Like
0: and how yeah, often we, wouldn't you just rather have options? I would. I, I don't want to watch the weekend perform at halftime. Like I definitely don't want to watch that. I would rather go watch a uh, living color. Um, I guess I can go do that on YouTube but uh but yeah, yeah I, that's The Rolling
1: Stones performed at the Seahawks first Super Bowl in 05 and it was like it was the longest 20 minutes of my life. I, I was like th- they were 20 years too old to perform it then and this is 16 years ago.
0: Gosh. Now you're making me feel that makes me feel so 16 years ago. Um, I guess it's 15 cuz whatever. 15. <laughs> but yeah, so but David Allen Greer I, I loved him and he was just he was such a mainstay in the 90s in you know boomerang uh what else was he in? he was in J- i remember from jumanji he was really good in jumanji um oh, he wasn't good in jumanji he was in the movie in the army now with the Miles army Shore. Yeah. yeah and i just i he's such a good you know character actor and he just he kind of just always he's a he's a steam a scene stealer uh because he's never really the lead he's always just kind of there but uh but yeah uh i love damon uh, Waynes, not Damon Waynes, David Allen Greer. David um, thank you. I'm looking at Damon Waynes right now. Uh, and then lastly, uh, well, we'll get another sidecar. I mean, other um, smaller roles, but it's Tommy Davidson. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't know much about Tommy Davidson other than him being on, on, on a living color. Uh, uh, Tommy Davidson was, uh, he was in Ace Ventura 2.
1: Remember, he was like the Quince Urcha guy. The, the oh
0: like he was that yeah 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 oh okay i remember uh, yes he was in
1: this uh he was in a lot of good stuff honestly tommy davidson is he, he became kind of a character actor over time but in the 90s he he was in some he was in some lead roles and he did a really good job like him and jimmy fox did booty call did, did you mm. ever see booty call i did yeah booty call was actually really funny <laughs> Uh, it, it was way funnier than it had business being, in my opinion. He was in a uh, CB4 with Chris Rock and hmm. uh, a, a couple other things. He was in um, the Kid and Play movie, I believe, as like an extra um, yeah. or like a background guy. So Tommy Davidson, another really solid comedian, like really funny, really good for the show. Like this in Living Color was just chock full of like these really kind of outrageous comedians that just
0: just drew your eye on camera yeah and and then i we didn't we should have talked we should have probably i probably should have led with this about living color they had the fly girls the dancers like and as a young a young boy who was interested in girls like i loved watching the fly girls they they always like performed at the beginning of the show there was there was also musical acts that came on right and um, Not, not no not that often was it not? No, I mean on occasion, but no, it really wasn't. It was mostly skits,
1: and then the Fly Girls would do a little dance and twist here and there.
0: It was like it was like, like B roll, like they were just
1: cutting like to yeah. Commercial. It was like between segments. It was like it was the- it'd cut to the Fly Girls. So, uh. so
0: you were in, you were into the Fly Girls. You were like, oh, girls, and you'd watch them dance and be like, yeah. Well, I I loved watching people dance. Like I'm I, like if for those who don't know, I loved like the I loved uh, show new kids on block i love show tunes whatever <laughs> and the, uh and but i love what i just love dancing and uh the fly girls lo- and i loved like i was immersed in like r&b and hip-hop and so you were watching the fly girls trying to pick up new moves maybe i don't know yeah i don't i mean that like, was would you like get up in your room in your pajamas and like dance with the fly girls i don't know <laughs> maybe if if i'm anything like <laughs> If, if I was anything you, like you, but you literally can't rule it out. But if I'm, if I was anything like my son, Link, then yes, I was probably being super annoying and f- dancing all over the house, but I don't remember it. Um, were you, <laughs> were you one of the guys that watched the cheerleaders at a football game? I mean, no, like not like one of the guys that like with their like, like mouth, like, with yeah. Oh, no, like I've, no, I've, no, I no i do not watch them like that. Like I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, Good dance moves i don't know i don't really look at it like that but the reason why i'm talking about the fly girls is because we say that jim carrey damon wayne's jamie Foxx are like the famous most famous people to come from in living color but like honestly jennifer jennifer lopez is probably one of the biggest people to come easily the one of the biggest people to come from in living color so even though she wasn't in there as like like in the sketches but she was on there so uh well, you're totally jumping segments because I had a Fly Girl segment. At the oh, end do the show. I? Oh, I'm sorry. I, do, you ever I, even I, read the, do you ever read the outline? I read, I read the outline, dude. I, I really do, do. I I do, but sorry. Do you? Can we? Should we just do it now? Yeah. I,
1: well, if we're gonna mention the Fly Girls, we should also mention that Rosie Perez was the choreographer. Exactly. Yeah. Which I didn't even know she was a choreographer. Um, um. So, so I guess the point is Keenan Ivory and Ivory Wayans, who was who kind of built the show. Had mm-hmm. a great eye for talent. You got to give him that. Look at this cast he put together.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm looking at it right. I mean, like, it, it's it's great. And it's and it's also all his family who was, also became very famous over the years. Like, Sean Waynes was never a featured ki- uh, player on... SW1, the DJ. But, um, SW1, the yeah, DJ? That's that what they called him. They go, and don't forget SW1 on
1: the, on the reel. And they'd cut to him and he'd be like... And he wasn't even doing anything. That's, he was just standing up there kind of dancing, pretending to mix. That I
0: didn't I didn't I I guess I sh- should have put two and two together and I should I probably knew that. But uh but Sean Wayans is also very famous. Like he you I mean he did scary movie and he's he's done a ton of stuff. Yeah, he um, and Ivory Wayans, didn't he like make that movie? Um didn't he make scary movie and cast I'm, it? I'm pretty sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. So, um White so Chip Ivory Waynes has done a lot for the black community, the black comedian community, and and, and certainly his family.
0: Yes, well, and I couldn't imagine living in this family of all these this hilarious people. I I, I want to hear the story about that. I'm sure I can. I'm sure there's some podcasts out there that I can find out more about that because like I can't imagine like how all of these people being that funny. Um, so it must have been just a blast being in their house or maybe it was terrible. I don't know.
1: Well, we uh, left out Kim Wayans on the, yeah. initial, I mentioned earlier, but she was, she was probably the funniest female. I think mm. Um she got most of the best female roles for a minority. There was, there was like some white actresses too, that they would have that weren't as good. Kim Wayans was definitely the funniest of the girls in my opinion.
0: Yeah. uh She, I, I, There, that was, that is one of those things that is very, uh, I have found weird is that they're, they didn't, the, the, the women were not featured as much in, in the show as the men were. Um, and I don't know if that is, well,
1: I mean, when you got Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans and David Allen, I mean, if you're just like, if you were making a basketball lineup and forget like sex and you just go in with your top five, you know, and who's shooting the ball the most. Like there's only
0: so many shots to go around, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um, but yeah, I'm going through this, this list of more act actors and actresses that were on the show. Uh, Molly Shannon was on the show um, as various characters from 1992, 93, which oh, I thought she must
1: was, have just been an extra. She was never a feature.
0: No, she never was. And, and for good uh, reason, because she's not funny. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, l- but let's go get into the skits. And yeah, uh okay, so
1: I mentioned Damon wayans and I think I'm I, Men on films may be my best recurring segment, but the best character, my favorite character on the show, and get the drop ready, is Homie the Clown. Alright, what y'all want me to do first? Ooh. Oh, oh. oh, oh homie, do do a silly clown dance for us. Oh. Yeah, degrade yeah. okay. myself, huh? <laughs> 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 I
0: don't think so. <laughs> Oh, he has like this it's like a
1: pantyhose with like a i don't know a shoe or something Gosh. in the end of it that he swats people with all the time and these are like little kids at a birthday party and he's like <laughs> swatting
0: them with sort of like this like uh billy club yeah sort of it's thing. it's like a stuffed it's like a, a big like like tube sock that's stuffed with i, I imagine more socks and i mean did you Did you make these? Did you like? I made like I made these at home and like, and I actually like went around the house saying, "Homie, don't play that." Like I actually, I don't remember doing it around the house, but I definitely remember hitting kids at school and saying,
1: "Homie, don't play that." I remember like, (laughs) I remember like tackling kids when we were playing tackle football and like getting up and standing over them, like all to be like, "Homie, don't play that."
0: (laughs) But like when I I was watching the, the the sketch and he he actually like hit the like hit the like. The actor's hard, like, like really hard. Like I, you yeah, they don't know what was awful. in there. It could have been styrofoam. It could have been, but it you could hear the hit and it sounded like it hurt. <laughs> so in, in my film,
1: manhandlers, which you can all watch on Amazon prime, our buddy, Sweet. Steve Gurney was in a fight scene with me and I had a tennis ball at the end of a, at the end of a towel and it was meant to be a pool cue like, or excuse me, a pool ball. So like in the movie you think it's a pool ball, but the actual prop was just a tennis ball. And I hit Steve in the head with it. It really hurt him. <laughs> I felt really bad.
0: Steve Gurney was in Manhandlers? Yeah, he was one of the condors. I did not I didn't I don't remember that. Um hey Steve. Um hey not Steve. Listening. <laughs> uh that's funny. Yeah, I mean homie the clown is probably I mean it has him and you know fire marshal bill are probably the two biggest skits from the show. But yeah, that that was I i would just go i would do it to my brothers so i'll admit that like i would say like and i probably actually hurt them and they probably were crying and like and my brothers were probably like two and three <laughs> and so i was a real uh, asshole they'd learn some life lessons life is <laughs> hard boys uh and then yeah so next we you know we, d- we talked about it but i i did pull a clip for you know fire Marshal, but we don't need to play it but um go watch it i mean this is I will, we, as we mentioned earlier, like this is Jim Carrey, like totally just changing character. I don't even know how he made the faces and how he did that character. Cause he's like literally like stretching his face, like so tight and like, and I, maybe they did some tape, they must've been doing some tape or something because like his face is just so like it. It, it just changed. And like the yeah, looks like one of those like Hollywood women who's like 65 and
1: has had like three fa- face tugs or whatever. So they like don't have enough skin and they can't make exp- expressions because there's no loose skin to like move their eyebrows up and down. So they're like permanently surprised. Yeah. Somehow they did that with Jim Carrey for this character. And he also, like he said this thing where he like rolls his lips up into his face. So you have all these exposed teeth and Jim Carrey has like big white teeth anyway. So you just look at this giant horse and the idea that he's, it was a fun character, but the the concept was good too, that he was this fire marshal who was completely accident prone and always starting fires.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the sketch I watched um, was him in a classroom and just like telling, showing the kids like all the danger of fires in it. And it's just him like lighting a like a fish tank on fire. It's him like getting electrocuted and like going through a wall. And like, it's just a ton of, uh, this, him just beating himself up and, and, uh, and actually setting himself on fire. Like he's like, they, the, the physical comedy is unreal what they were, what they're allowing them to do. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, yeah. Um, the next one I would
1: we talked about men on film earlier, but that's definitely our next skit in this little list here by Damon Wayans and David Allen Greer. It was hilarious. I, I don't know if there's any way to say it. Like I, I don't have a clip ready and I don't I don't want to do it disservice, but it was like they'd watch a war movie, like Full Metal Jacket. They'd review Full Metal Jacket. And mm-hmm. somebody would be like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about war and all that. And then they don't want to be like, well, I don't know. You're at bunk late night, all the sweaty men nearby. Everyone's sharing supplies. You get to shave each other's back in the in the jungle. Like <laughs> the, the angles they would take on completely irrelevant movies that have no gay themes at all. And And the way they would insert gay
0: themes into popular movies was brilliant. It was it was hysterical and brilliant it was very homoerotic like they were and they were they they nailed it like uh and but and i i i want to be sensitive because i'm i don't like to say like it was tasteful but it's like it's not like in your face like like i don't feel like they were really i i I can't say this because i'm not a gay man but like uh we we could point out in fairness to what bernan
1: was trying to say there was a lot of stereotypes about how gay men acted in the Mm -hmm. eighties and and early nineties and on TV and in movies, they were always kind of like this. They were always kind of like really feminine fairy types, like really, really over the top. And you know, mid nineties came around and that started going away. There was a character in spin city that was, was really, he played it really straight laced, but he was, he was gay. And anyway, that, that trend stopped in the mid nineties. But at this point in like watching TV and movies, the way you would portray a Gary character was like this. Doesn't make it right, but it was yeah. what we were used to. And and in Living Color was all about stereotypes.
0: Yes, I mean no one was. I think that's what made them made in Living Color so like I don't know. I don't know if it's popular as a term, but like nothing was off limits. Like they made fun of in. Because of because they were people of, people of color, like they could do it and do it good service. Like you can have a white person, you know, doing these. Oh my god, a good great point. The way they yeah. would way they would
1: mock black culture sometimes. Hearing it from like a a white like as a white kid, not fully understanding at the time, but going back and watching, it, like wow, they're really taking shots at black people. Yeah. Like I, I remember this one skit about government cheese. Do you know what government cheese is? No. It's it's welfare money. It's food stamps. It's okay. it, and it was all about this family and how they their world their world revolved around how to get more government cheese and <laughs> and I mean that's not something that Brennan or I could ever talk about or even think about because it's it's not something we grew up understanding fully. But the the way that they would normalize it and make you see that these are just normal people and mm-hmm. bring it to the to the forefront. Of guys that maybe weren't thinking about it was
0: important. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was. I mean, it's definitely good that like have this representation of comedy in on cable TV because it just. I mean, it, you like I because I'm at the time SNL. Like, I mean, who was on SNL as who could represent the African American culture on SNL at that time? Was it Tim Meadows? Like, Chris Tim R- Meadows were about the yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, and SNL was very it was, a, it was, a, it was white America. And then this was, this is literally the other side of America, the, you know, the, the African-American community and and that needed to be re- represented on TV, like, and, and I, and I think they, you know, I, they did it. They were the right people to do it. Um, and how about Fox greenlighting it,
1: running it for all these years. I mean, I know Fox dues has such a bad rep for being these, you know, dumbass conservatives, half truthers. But in the early nineties, Fox was as cutting edge and, and open-minded to new voices and new styles of comedy as any network I can think of.
0: Yeah. I mean, Married with Children, Simpsons were like the, the, the two mo- most, you know, critic. the critic, the critic was Fox. Um, and then there's, has to be a, there, there's a lot of other shows too, you know, Nano 90210, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, what other what what other skits did you uh well the next one that you don't really know is ugly wanda
1: by jamie fox and this was probably the best recurring character in season five jamie fox did this thing with his lip where he was like he had like these big puckered out lips like yeah. like um I don't even know how to describe how they looked all the time, but they were just these giant, huge puckered lips. And he was just this really ugly. He played this really ugly, horny woman who was always throwing himself on men that didn't want the attention. And that was sort of the joke was that he was just this disgusting woman who had all these terrible habits and, you know, didn't wash her hands after she went to the bathroom and then put her hands on people's faces and in their mouths and stuff like just the most disgusting things you could think of. And she was
0: super horny with these guys. And the joke was that nobody wanted her. So that, uh, I got a lot of life. That's why we do this show, Adam, because literally like you telling me this, like it makes, re- totally reminds me of this character now. Cause like I've, I, cause he's, he's reprised this character a couple times, like later, like, like I think he's done on SNL and, um, But, uh, I, I totally remember that now. Like it's very, uh, it's very memorable. Um, and then, and then finally we have a a clip from this, but, uh, I remember watching this, but Carrie's vanilla ice, Jim Carrey's vanilla ice. It is so spot on. It is like, I was watching it here in the studio before the show and the getting the, getting it ready to put on the board and my studio tech turned to me and he said, hey, uh, is that is that Vanilla Ice? And I'm like, no, this is Jim Carrey. He's like, he says, it sounds just like Vanilla Ice. Um, and I'll play that for you right now. All right, stop. What I do up my laces. This kind of thing happens every show. Yo, I gotta learn how to tie a ball. What do you mean? Robert Van Winkle. Why did you change Nothing rhymes with Winkle.
1: On so he minutes
0: kicks minutes off of his rock rock shoe at the very beginning that's
1: why he's Larry like gotta stop know. tie the laces turn them into a bow like because he's got these big giant white douchey like sneakers on and he's like dancing and one of them like accidentally kicks off <laughs> and so he's like fixing it up as he's singing and you know you gotta believe that black culture had a pretty big problem with vanilla ice And in living color was the perfect forum
0: to, to totally harpoon him at the peak of vanilla Ice's popularity. Yeah, no, I I mean, I was going to say earlier, like, I mean, the reason why Jim Carrey was on this show was to be the, to be the white scapegoat. I don't know if that's the correct term, but like he, like they needed to have that representation so they could make fun of white people. And I don't think, I think, Jim Carrey had so much fun doing that because he, I mean, even today he he's very vocal about you know his political beliefs, but like he just loved making fun of this like white culture um, and how and how it steals from black culture. Go watch that skit on YouTube. Of uh, wh- that wasn't reoccurring. That was just one time, right? That was just uh, a one-time deal. But it was yeah. so memorable. He may um, have done
1: Vanilla Ice and other skits, but that song was just a one-time thing.
0: Yeah. Anything? Any other sketch sketches? Um. I mean, there were others.
1: There was a there was this one really funny sketch with uh, <clears throat> Kim Wayans where she played like this woman on a, she was like sitting in a window and she was a gossip queen. She was like sitting in a window in New York where there's a bunch of like women hanging out in windows, talking to each other, doing their like laundry, hanging laundry to dry. And she was like queen gossip. And she always knew everybody's business and stuff would come by and people would say stuff and she would tie it in and reverse it and make you think that, so-and-so was having an affair or whatever but not actually saying it it was it was really clever it was really well worded it was a good role for Kim um then there was they did uh, like Lou Farrakhan a lot I remember mm-hmm. they did like Star Wars the wrath of Farrakhan which was a really oh. funny skit um, <laughs> go uh, but the other uh, one I want you to play the drop for which was my probably second favorite Damon Wayne skit was he played this guy named Oswald Bates who was a like a reformed Muslim, yeah, who was typically in prison. He was highly educated, but he was always using words in a really obtuse and irregular way to get his point across. And it was the, his delivery was just hysterical. So I'm gonna let Bernie play. Of all,
0: we must internalize the flatulation of the matter by transmitting the effervescence of the Indonesian
1: proximity in order to further segregate the
0: crux of my venereal infection uh this is i mean and this is where we where i was talking about like how you you know this is a a white person cannot do that character and it damon wayne's like if you i think it's it's really making fun of like there's a lot of movies in the early 90s that always had like that 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 muslim character in like the prison movies where like they're they just they yeah, okay, like a Lauren Fishburne type. Yeah, for sure, and and he just nails making fun of it. Um, so, I, I kind of want to ask a question about like our roles as like you know like white like white guys talking about in living color, but like like looking at this and like laughing at it, like laughing at the you know them making fun of it, like. Is it, should we, is it our role? To, I mean, like, I know we, it's comedy, so we, it's for us, but like, I, I always like, I kind of think like this, it, it, it's for their culture, not for ours. Right. Like I'm trying to be a little woke about it. Like I, cause I think I want to, cause I feel like we're talking about this on a level. Like we think it's funny, but like, they think it's funny because it's their culture. And, and if we're laughing at it, we're laughing at their culture. I, you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Um, a little bit, that's a, that's a pretty extreme angle that I probably wouldn't take too seriously. I mean, it was a comedy sketch show on network TV, right? Like in the nineties and we were, we were normal people watching it and laughing. Right. And sure. and you know, today we're just reliving the best moments. I kind of sure. get a little bit of what you're saying. I, you know, but I, I think that the best compliment I could give is that it broke down a lot of my, you know, seven year old white kid. Ideas of what Black culture was, it, it eliminated those and replaced them with something that at least derived from a minority
0: source. But like, like we talked about earlier, like this really set off. Like, I mean, in the '90s, we you start getting a, introduced to a much more sides of African American community in other movies. I think I'll, I don't know if I'm Living Color* had a lot to do with it, but they, you know, I think *Black* *Black* *exploit*. Uh, say that word for me, Adam. Exploitation. Like that, those movies really started taking off more. Like they, there was a, you know, a, a lot of them in the seventies. Kind of, I don't know if that genre really existed much in the eighties. But then, in the nineties, it, I mean, it took off considerably. It um, seemed like in the late eighties, there was a lot of
1: white people that started admiring, imitating, following black culture, and I, I think rap had a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, I remember. Around this time, that the cool kids—they all liked—they they dressed like Ice Cube dressed. You know, they they wore Oakland Raiders, excuse me, L.A. Raiders at the time. L.A. Raiders mm-hmm. jackets and band. like if you if you saw a CD cover for <clears throat> a rap group, you could see the same clothes on like average-looking white kids in 1990 in like suburbia, Washington State.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, no. It became sure. a very influential movement. Well, I, I think we should take a quick little break, and not we're not taking an actual break, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about um we're gonna interrupt us with the song of the month. Now, Adam, how did you decide the song of the month for a four-year gap the, from the was it from where it premiered? Yeah, nineteen the
1: 19- the premiere. I look if we do a TV show, we got to do it around the debut. So, okay. Living Color debuted April fifteenth, nineteen ninety. This was the number one song in America at the time. To give you some idea. Of kind of how backwards the country was at the time. <laughs> so we're gonna play this. This is uh I'll be your everything by Tommy Page. I'll be your lover, your lover, and I'll be your best friend. I didn't even get the full 15 seconds with Brennan. It's just it's you just can't keep I, it all. It's so bad. <laughs>
0: I don't even know that song. Like, I usually know all... I've known all the songs so far that you, you've you picked and I, I've i never heard that song and I imagine I didn't hear it because I was too busy listening to, like, MC Hammer and, uh, you know, better music. Vanilla Ice. Um, <laughs> Vanilla Ice. <laughs> um, I was actually living in... I think I was probably living in Nashville at the time when the show came out. And, yeah, um, and, yeah and so I was definitely more l- listening to yeah vanilla ice and and that kind of that music <laughs> um Nashville doesn't used to...
1: scream vanilla ice and mc hammer to me by the way
0: well for me it did okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah that was i'll be your everything by tommy page what a pile of shit that was i i can't yeah.
0: even i can't even tell what he was doing with his voice there
1: i'll be your everything
0: it, it was very much he was doing like a a um felt like he was a... trying to be like an alto yeah, there's a guy in um, Brian McIntyre in uh, New Kids on the Block. He sang like that, um, and it, it's like if he if they just had one person in New Kids on the Block, and that's the only way they sing. That was oh, like a barbershop quartet. You have like yeah. each range. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it was that's awful. Um, so it terrible. It's just terrible, and that gives you an idea of like where white culture was. Like we we needed help. We needed a lot of help. Uh, I want to kind of fast forward a little bit to compare to the nineties, uh, for going back to in living color and comparing it to nineties SNL, like what, where do you sit with it? Like, is the nineties SNL, early nineties, SNL, I mean, is probably the, the, the best time in SNL history I would imagine. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I said this earlier, it was on too late for me to watch at the time. So I rewatched all the early nineties and late eighties SNL, you know, five, six, seven years later when I got a little bit older and they started running on, like, Comedy Central a lot. Like, the yeah. old episodes, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's true. At the time, Saturday Night Live had, like, the who's who of, of comedians, working white comedians today. Like, Adam mm-hmm. Sandler, David Spade, Chris Farley, rest in peace. um, Phil Hartman, rest in peace. Dana Carvey. Um, I know I'm missing some, but... It was it was chock full of really funny people on its own right, and yeah. it was it was just it was just a white it was a white sketch show, and it was on Too Late, and I was able to watch in Living Color regularly, and I was not able to watch Saturday Night Live till I got older. So um, yeah. I it's hard for me to like they're not the same thing, you know. First of all, in Living Color is a thirty minute show, and in, and Saturday Night Live is an hour show. Yeah. Saturday Night Live always has a special guest, and Living Color doesn't. And the special guest is always like incorporated into every skit, so you revolve every show kind of around this talent you have every week. And Living Color didn't do that; they had to, they had their own players recur as characters again and again. So they, it was a little more, it was a little more of a variety show. Uh, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live could be yeah. because you had the dancing, and you'd have a musical guest, and and all these different cast members going on. And in Living Color was more of a sketch comedy show.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's it, you can compare the two because they're both sketch shows, but like they're very much, I would say, different in terms of the appeal. Um, and obviously, it. I mean, SNL. I mean, was it, yeah, it's just different to me. And because, but the cast. But I mean, the cast in the 1990 season when this is coming out at the same time is i mean that's when they when lauren like really just changed completely changed the cast it and brought on you know david spade adam sandler rob schneider um al franken like julia sweeney was on it chris rock chris farley like mike myers like like you already said like i mean you know, uh, uh, julia sweeney's from spokane yeah i, I didn't know that um her and craig t
1: nelson are kind of like spokane's claim to fame
0: <laughs> um but yeah it, it's just it's a lot different and and like i said mentioned earlier like the the only people of color represented on snl at that time were Ellen
1: clay Clegg- was on it
0: tim meadows chris rock and um alan clay Clegg- Wh- i believe she might have been the next season she might i think she was but uh i'm, I'm not when he went alan whitney brown oh alan that's not um he must have been one of those Fe- not feature, but he like supplementary people is featured, yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's a very different show. I wouldn't say they're one's better than the other. Um, I would just say that they're they just happen to be there at the same time, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a good way to put it. They weren't in direct competition. I mean, they were on different days of the week, they're on different times. They were there was a white flavor to one and a, and a minority flavor to the other. It was two very different styles of a sketch comedy show. I never, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't old enough to to think about it in terms of competition at the time but looking back I don't I don't know people that would watch one and not the other because of a set reason other than they preferred one to the other.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I-, I wanted to give a quick plug to the title In Living Color okay. which is just a brilliant title. Like, I I don't know if that was Keenan Ivory Wayans or the network's idea to call it in living color, but for years, for decades, when TV shows would come on, they'd say hello and live in living color. We come Mm -hmm. to you from Manhattan to bring you the baseball game or whatever they're doing. And it was was just this, this common expression live and in living color. And I remember seeing in living color, like on the TV guide, like you remember that scrolling TV guide channel we had for sure. Uh-huh. And you'd have to like wait five minutes for it to cycle through. How ridiculous was that? Oh so, my God. So that seems so. so and
0: it's ridiculous. like, you
1: like missed your channel. You'd be like, fuck. Cause then you'd have to sit there for like four and a half minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: um, anyway, in living color would be on the TV guide channel. And I legitimately wouldn't, it wouldn't always register that that's the sketch comedy show. Sometimes I thought it was, it was something else that was live and in living color. Cause it, that's how good of a double entendre it was.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so true. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, I don't really do, I don't have any dumb shit about the show. And I, I, I just
1: want to, you know, we said this a few times that some of the characters are just a little over the top. Some of the skits yeah. that were missed could be kind of annoying. Um, yeah. watching it with like a DVR or something is probably your best bet these days. Cause there's going to be some skits that don't hit home. So that, that'd be my only like slight criticism. There's this other thing I wanted to bring up. There was an episode of Men on Film, a skit of Men on Film, where, like, Damon Wayans gets hit in the head by something, and suddenly he's not gay, like the Flintstones thing. Oh, weird. And then they go through the episode, like, kind of at odds, because Damon Wayans, like, likes all the, all, like, straight male stuff, and his other friend, Merryweather, whatever his name was, Francis Lou Merriweather, something like that, doesn't like it. And then at the end, Francis Lou Merriweather hits Damon over the head with a club and makes him gay again. And I was like eight years old and my mom had this gay friend named Brent that was around. And I was at the time, I was like, well, that's stupid. Like, you don't get hit in the head to become gay. You know, so that was, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. we're picking nits here. But right. That was something that I don't know. Probably yeah. I bet you if they read that show, they, they wouldn't do that. They'd cut that. <laughs> um uh, so th- i i did have one thought of that particular episode of men on film hate it <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh the other thing we should probably say that kind of sucks is that probably the biggest success story to come out of a minority you know television show was the token white
0: guy that's fair <laughs> i mean to be but also keenan Iv- ivory wayne went on to create a ton of i mean he direct and produce and write a bunch of other films after this. So, I mean, he definitely, I mean, Keenan and Damon both had amazing careers, but, but if you had to say who's,
1: who's the most famous, you'd have to say it's Jim Carrey, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, Jimmy Fox did get a, does have an Oscar. Yeah. I think Jamie Fox is a
1: close number too, but the, yeah. the power of Jim Carrey's like features feature movies in the nineties were just, they buoy him above them all. Like there was like four, just smash hit comedies that everybody's seen and can quote all day.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of wonder like if, I mean, I, if Jim Carrey was on the radar for other, you know, in, in, for, uh, like, I heard, he, that, he I, made, heard that, I heard that he auditioned for SNL and didn't get a role. That, I mean, I, yeah, he talks, he talks about that. And, uh, I mean, that seems bizarre to me. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's, this shows, I mean, it kind of just shows like Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey. Like he's one of the greatest comedy actors of all time. Like you can't really, you can't really fault him for, you know, being on, being the white guy, being the most famous person coming out in living color, because I think, I'm just saying,
1: I think if Keenan Ivory had his druthers, that it would have been a
0: minority cast member that outshined him. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Um, do you think the show holds up today? I mean, you just watched the pilot. Um, I think parts of it do. I think it. I think it's best to take it in as in, uh, in small doses of like watching on YouTube. Um, so I think you pick and choose what you want to watch. Um, I think there are pieces like we have talked about that don't hold up, but you know, I think that's all comedy. I mean, comedy can't really be put into a vacuum and like because it, it always is kind of set in the time that it's in because they're making fun of you know they're making fun of stuff that's happening in the 90s like they you know like there's some stuff that probably is poignant now but like it's you know it's very there's pieces that are good and pieces that are bad so yeah i get that i mean george bush senior jokes
1: and bill clinton jokes don't hit that right. hard today but you right know, there was a time when bill clinton jokes hit very hard
0: <laughs> <It's> true <laughs> um, uh,
1: So uh, do you have any final thoughts on the show? I I guess I just wanted to reiterate how important it was for guys like myself to get exposed to some different flavors of comedy and different flavors of lifestyle and, you know, broaden my perspective a little bit. And I know it's not perfect, and there was, you know, better opportunities to do that along the way, but this was one example of an easily accessible show that you, you could broaden your horizon with
0: for sure absolutely and, um, and before
1: we close i just want to thank everybody for being awesome fans of the super 90s brothers And you could thank us by giving us those sweet five-star reviews on itunes or apple music and uh, email the show at super Brothers at gmail.com you can reach out to us on facebook and twitter and all the socials we love you guys send us suggestions for new shows we're going to be doing a few we're going to try and do a few more uh, black history topics in february but we're all like wide open and ready for business in march and 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 thereafter so you know reach out we love you guys anything else brent
0: no uh thank you guys so much for listening and uh i uh, one of my final thoughts would be i would love to see in living color come back as you know another sketch comedy show with uh and i I think it's i think it could still work in uh in the 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 2020s so uh, jr absolutely Um, yeah so I agree. So for burning pointer,
1: I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another in living color episode of Super Nineties Brothers. We hope you guys enjoy it. Have a great February. Peace.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.